Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Slice of Healthcare. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On this episode, we have William McNair, a certified financial planner with CRNA Financial Planning. William is very knowledgeable about the financial planning space and his company decided to really hone in on helping CRNA professionals with their finances. And it was a very good conversation, a lot of great suggestions. We talked about debt and many other topics. So without further ado, let's bring on William and get the podcast started. Hi, Bill. Hey, Jerry. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. How's that sound? Sounds great. Really excited to, uh, to have you on today. Uh, I think the best thing to start with would be giving a little bit about your background and your company's background for the audience to hear about, and then we can go into some questions and some discussion. Sure. Uh, well, I am a certified financial planner here with CRNA Financial Planning. I've been doing this, you know, helping CRNAs for over a decade personally. Uh, us as a firm have been around for a little over 23 years. Uh, President and founder Jeremy Stanley um, started the firm, you know, over 23 years ago. Just met one CRNA getting into the business and it just sort of snowballed from there and another then another. And we realized how unique that profession was and started to become more and more entrenched in what they do and the uniqueness of, of their profession. And, um, you know, we've, we've grown substantially, especially over the last 10 or so years. And uh, here we are, you know, 23 years later, uh, only working with CRNAs. It's all we do. It's, it's what we do. Uh, and it, it truly is, is life. So. Interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, when I first learned about you guys, I thought it was very interesting that you focused in on a certain specialty. And I thought it was really smart, though, too, because especially one like the nurse anesthetist specialty, it's a pretty big community. It's a pretty close-knit community. So I think that was a really smart strategy for starting out, for sure, too, especially, um, and you guys have had a lot of success with it. We have it. Uh, we've been extremely successful with it. Um, quote: You know, you can have enough. You can have everything in life that you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. And so, um, you can get things at the service of others, not at the expense. Very interesting. Hmm. What What I want to talk to about today, Bill, is a couple core topics which you and I discussed a little beforehand but one of the biggest ones I always hear is the whole W2 versus 1099 debate which is better for me why should I do this one I'm worried I won't have benefits if I go 1099 but I'll make more like what could you shed some light on that and kind of some of the pros and cons and and go into a little bit about those two areas well there's a big difference between a W-2 employee and a 1099 independent contractor. Um, some of the things that we that we teach that we try to educate CRNAs on is number one, we, life is both positive and negative, so we have to talk about the good and the bad. And so as we as we kind of get into that, you know, what obviously what's what's the good part? 
Um, well, number one, let's just talk about money. And I know under, I understand that money's not not everything, but it, it does rank up there reasonably high with oxygen. Um, flexibility. Oftentimes, you you know, you have a CRNA and uh, they may have a family life and they have small children and maybe they can't work on Wednesdays because someone has dance or t-ball practice or what have you. So flexibility is another thing to consider. Hey, if I get a contract, maybe I just let them know I don't work on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Um, another big thing or hot topic that we typically see here with, with freelancing is the opportunity to potentially deduct you know, expenses. And what I tell all my CRNAs is, well, you know, are you, are you going to buy scrubs? Are you going to buy stethoscopes? Are you going to drive into the location wherever you are? You know, as a business owner, it is very, very possible that those things now become deductible as a business expense rather than just the cost of doing business. Um, you know, the other thing that we talk about as a pro of this is, look, this is not a be-all, end-all. If you want to work your W-2 and, you know, for example, you work four tens, maybe you have Fridays off each month or every week, rather, or on Wednesdays. Hey, you can do this part-time and sort of get your sea legs about yourself and get a feel. Is this something that, you know, that I like? And last but not least is control. And I, you know, I tell my CRNAs, I don't, I don't know any CRNA who, who's type A or who wants to worry about control. Um, and I'm joking there, but it's, <laughs> it's very empowering. Uh, but, you know, the other thing to consider is, well, how do I find work? You know, I, I have no clue how this works, what, what goes on. Um, we have a, a host of resources. We have relationships with placement agencies and recruiters alike. So if you, chances are, I can probably find someone to put you in touch with and you two can work out the details. Uh, the other con that you may want to consider is, how do you run a business? Bill, I've never done this. I have a nursing background and I, I don't necessarily, I didn't take any business courses, you know, in my undergrad. So I, I'm not sure how to run a business. And obviously there's an investment, a cost um, uh, thing to consider as far as, am I going to have to pay for legal fees or incorporation, or am I going to have to pay for any insurances or am I going to have to provide my own benefits? There is a cost benefit analysis and to figure out, is this going to be financially feasible for me to make the change? So um, those are typically the things that we'll talk about and, and get into as we compare and contrast W-2 versus 1099. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that's a huge benefit too. And, and one that's often overlooked by the people that are on the fence with the uh, whole W-2 versus 1099 issue. Uh, the fact that it's possible like you mentioned for them to write off, uh, write off uh, like as expenses, uh, scrubs and, and many other different line items, which is pretty cool because they wouldn't be able to do that, obviously, as a W-2. What, uh, so are, what is, this is another thing I always hear with 1099. Do you suggest if someone's going to go 1099 that they do set up an LLC? Is there a benefit to not setting that up? It sounds like that would be the way to go if you are 1099, but have you seen anyone that tries to do the other side of that? Excellent question. And I actually answer that quite a few times each and every week. Why would we go through the hassle and the expense to do it? Well, number one, you know, it's, if anything, we're trying to increase the probability that we get afforded some liability protection 
through whatever state or whatever law um, that we're trying to adhere to. So for me, that's the first thing I teach is what can we do to sort of separate me as the individual versus me as the business. And so one of the things that we talk about is, is incorporation. So what it does is it creates um, a legal entity that is actually recognized independently of its owners. And the terminology that's been thrown around out there is what's called the, the corporate veil. And so we make the separation. Um, if for no other reason, if we don't even want to have the tax conversation, what we're trying to do is, again, increase the probability or the chances that I do have some protection if a, if a patient has a reaction to a drug, whatever, that, you know what, they have an extra hurdle that if, if they're going to have to come after me as a practitioner, there's going to be some extra things that they're going to have to go through. And I've, I feel much more comfortable with, with my chances of being able to ward something like this off. So I always encourage the incorporation process, if for no other reason, and the opportunity to possibly get some liability protection. And then in addition to that, you know, there's a whole host of, of tax, tax ramifications that that sort of tax deduction door swings open 180 degrees. Interesting. Interesting. And you say you get asked that question quite often? We do. Most uh, CRNAs, number one, don't quite understand uh, the, at the corporation aspect and the benefits and the drawbacks. And sometimes they'll, they'll ask others, obviously other, other individuals, the same question. And, you know, I think without the specialized knowledge or with just lack of knowledge in general, you just get different answers. It's a preference for us. Uh, you know, we've, we've been doing this a long time and it, it's worked out to this point. And, uh, you know, the, with the corporate structure, I think the benefits outweigh the costs. And I, I haven't had anybody been able to make the case that it, it's not worth it. If, if for no other reason, again, you know, maybe I get some liability protection. I'm, it's hard to put a price tag on that. Interesting. Huh. One of the, one of the re, when I talk to some CRNAs and, and other professionals out there, when they do to choose to go the 1099 route for that chance to make, um, you know, if they're able to get their finances in line, the, the chance to make that additional income, based on the flexibility and based on usually getting a premium for working 1099 uh, is they, they have significant student loan debt. Are, are there any methods or any way of just looking at the student loan debt issue um, when you're advising clients that you scare them one direction or another on how to reduce that? That's a, that's an excellent question. And for us, what we typically see is your average student, uh, you know, new grad CRNA is coming out with, I would say average is probably close to 160,000 with the implementation of the DMP requirement. I think that number is probably going to creep up. Um, I would guess closer to 200,000. So it's a big decision when you, you make that, um, that option to go back to school and to sacrifice those things. But the payoff can be rewarding uh, whether you, you work for someone else or work for yourself. Uh, there aren't necessarily benefits from a corporate standpoint, but obviously you make more money, you can pay things off faster. One of the things that we teach CRNAs is, I don't want you to have student loan debt in the same year you have grandchildren. I want these things paid off. I want you out from under the burden. You know, just think of it this way. If, you know, if my student loans cost me $1,700 a month and I pay them off, well, I just freed up $1,700 a month in cash flow. What else could you do with $1,700, whether it's pay down your mortgage, take a vacation, um, go spend it wherever you'd like, you know, 
anything, put it towards retirement. So for us, it's about cash flow. Um, a lot of CRNAs don't necessarily realize that their students are with their loans, rather, with the federal government, and it's on a 20 year time frame to pay it back. So that's the default when you come out of school. So it's kind of like having an additional 20 year mortgage, if you think about it. What we'd like to do is maybe have you think about consolidating, uh, privatizing it. And one of the reasons that we're going to do that is oftentimes the interest rates are. Hi, Bill. Sorry, we uh, we got disconnected right when you were talking about the reason for privatizing loans. So if we can start up from that point, we'll yeah. certainly. Thanks. Yeah. So one of the reasons we look at maybe considering privatizing is savings on interest rate. Oftentimes, you know, you have to understand a couple of things. Typically, our loans are with the federal government. Um, they're administered by you know a great Great Lakes, Nailnet, AES. And oftentimes they're unsubsidized Stafford loans. And so that means we have to pay the interest. The government doesn't pay the interest. And, and oftentimes it's 6.2, 6.8, maybe higher in regards to the interest rate. So what can we do? We can shorten the duration in which you're going to pay back your loans. Um, oftentimes cut it in half. And we can, can probably get your interest rate cut by 2 or 3%. So you'll end up paying somewhere between 4 and 5 rather than 6 and 7. And that's fairly significant start talking about 150 to $200,000. Um, the other thing that we'll do is in, in, from that process, we'll point you towards that we have four companies that we typically send CRNAs to. The first is called SoFi, which is short for social financing, probably the most well-known. The other is called Laurel Road, which used to be uh, DRB or Darien Relative Bank, which is an AANA member advantage partner. The other two are called Earnest and Common Bond. Um, SoFi, I think, has the best customer service, uh, followed up with Earnest. They're all going to be about the same from an interest rate perspective. Uh, they're all going to feel look the same. You go to their website, create a username and login, get into the portal, enter all your data, um, enter all the documents, upload all the documents, that they and they'll come back and they'll give you an answer, a thumbs up or thumbs up. Here's our offer. You can choose a variable rate or a fixed rate. It'll be, it will change according to the duration. Uh, and you can just, just like a job, you can choose to accept it or not. But typically what we'll see is we can at least, you know, you'll, you'll end up saving one to 2% on interest and most times cutting your, your duration down, you know, cutting it in half from 20 years, you know, maybe to 10 years, or maybe you can customize it and say, look, here's what, what my cash flow allows, but now I have some options versus what's available, you know, with leaving it with the federal government. Interesting. There's uh, there's much more behind the curtain, I think, than many people see, or the, uh, as far as options go, too. I, I don't think many people realize how many different options there are to do things like you just said. So that's great. Thank you. Um, this is a little off topic, but I want to talk about it because I can sense the, the passion in your voice for what you do. What's the favorite part about your job? People's stories, how they got to where they are in their life and what they had to forego to get there. And ultimately, what their plans are moving forward. Do they want to just work at their job or do they want their profession or their job to work for them? You know, one of the names of our lectures is called Compelling Conversations. Um, and I think it's a, 
the best part is just having the conversation and learning a little bit about each person and being able to offer help. You know, it's, I think there's a human element there that when you're able to help someone, it makes you feel good as an individual. Um, and th I think that's the beauty of, of my profession is I get to help people and I get paid to do it. I, I'm not sure there's anything else out there that I could think of that offers that. And I, I absolutely love it. Excellent. That's that's a great answer. <laughs> uh, I, I want to I want to touch base because you brought it up a little bit. You you mentioned that you don't want um, CRNAs to have debt when they have grandchildren. Like that's kind of the 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 line you say to like that's as far as it should ever go out. Um, what are what's some retirement tips? How can uh, how can these professionals better set themselves up for retirement? That's an excellent question. Uh, that's probably the second most common topic that we discuss is how do I, how do I use this to achieve the goals I want? Um, most, I think most feel it's, it's a fruitless endeavor as they come out of school and, and learn what it's going to be like to pay back. So from a retirement perspective, I encourage all, especially brand new CRNAs, you didn't get to earn any income while you were in anesthesia school. And that first paycheck, you will never know, uh, whether you make a maximum contribution to a retirement plan or not, you will never know it because you haven't had a paycheck in so long. So if you're brand new and you're listening out there, number one, at least maximize what's available wherever you work. If it's a 403B, a 401K, whatever the limits happen to be that year, maximize it, break it down, divide it by the amount of pay periods and go for it. You'll never miss it. Um, if you've been doing this for a while, maybe sit how much you are contributing, number one. And number two, am I getting anything from my employer? Are they, are they being benevolent? Um, and then ultimately, you have to do some planning. If, you know, if you're in your mid-40s and you say, look, I want to retire by the time I'm 65, it's hard to do if you don't have a plan. Um, it's just like getting in the vehicle and just driving and saying, look, I'm, I'm going to go to a destination, but we just don't know where. We know that we're going to take a vehicle and we're going to get on the freeway. Um, so for us, it's all about planning. You know, once you go through the planning process, there's our roadmap. You understand what needs to be done. Hey, I don't have to max mine out. You know, my retirement plan this year, Bill, I can only do 17,000. Um, you go through the process and it says, hey, maybe you only need a 5% rate of return when the, your colleagues might need six or seven. You don't have any answers to those questions yet. So as you go through the planning process, it takes these variables and turns them into constants. That's what we're trying to do in the grand scheme of life is anything that we can make a sure thing or change to something that it doesn't change. Let's do it. So for us, it's about planning. I can't tell you oftentimes people have zero clue about planning. They say, Hey, look, I have a 401k. They're taking care of it. Um, hey, Bill. Sorry, we broke hey. up again. <laughs> no worries, um, man. It's like that sometimes. You were, uh, you were just finishing up talking about the um, I think 401k contributions when we broke up oh well as you know as far as from retirement standpoint if you if you haven't if you just left school you haven't had any income go ahead and start the process and maximize what's available to you so if it's a 401k or 403b you know for example this year it's 18,500 go ahead and do the math 18,500 divided by the amount of pay periods that's left just go ahead and maximize it you haven't had income for two or three years it's not going to change anything. You'll never miss it. 
if you've been doing this, you know, been in this profession for a while and you'll, you know what's going on, uh, but you really don't know what you've been contributing. Hey, I contribute 10% or 12% about, we got to go through the planning process and realize is that 10 or 12% enough? Do I need to do 14 or 15? Is there anything extra that I need to do on top of what's available through my employer? And that's one of the things we talk about you know, when we go into freelancing is that might be the way that you're able to achieve your goals is maybe freelancing a day or two a month uh, and utilizing that sort of contribution. But, and it, again, for us, it's about planning. Most CRNAs have never gone through the planning process. They have no clue when they want to retire. They don't know what their social security benefits are going to look like. Uh, they think that their 401k provider is just handling all that when in reality they're not. Um, so get involved in the planning, get your feet on the ground and understand what you have in front of you. Try to take the planning and take the variables and let's see if we can turn them into constants. How long do I have to work? What rate of return do I need to achieve in order to, to reach my goals by a certain date? Uh, if I overachieve or underachieve, what does that do to my plan? Does it make it, does it make it worse? Am I going to have to work longer? I think it's planning. Most CRNAs have not gone through the planning process uh, and it's very enlightening. It might not be the answer you want, but at least you'll know what's ahead of you and then you can get into the right mindset of what do I need to change or what do I need to continue in order to reach my goals. How often does real estate investment come into the conversation? Quite often. Um, I have a lot of CRNAs that say, well, I have a rental uh, you know, I want to get into this. I can do some deductions. Um, it's a whole new animal when you start talking about real estate. You know, if you put it in your qualified plan, for example, your IRA, your 401k, um, there's a lot of tax benefits that come with real estate that you're not privy to if you put it in a, in a qualified plan, an IRA, you know, depreciation, that sort of thing. I'm not against real estate. I think it's a phenomenal asset class. Uh, personally, I don't have the knowledge or the time to sort of manage a portfolio of real estate, whether it's rental homes or office buildings or what have you. But if it intrigues you, do your due diligence, you know, and go for it and just have a conversation, understand the pros and the cons of doing it. And, you know, again, make that decision for yourself. As long as you have all the data, I think as self-serving human beings, we'll, we'll make a decision that we think is in our best interest. But um, I actually get the, the question about real estate quite a bit. Yeah. I haven't, I've, I talked to quite a few nurse anesthetists and the majority actually that I've spoken with are pretty, are pretty big into real estate. And that that's been one of their big motives for working a lot more, picking up 1099 shifts. And they, they want to be able to keep pouring that, that money into more rental properties or, or what have you. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, Bill, where can people learn more about your company like what are some links? What are maybe some social media links? Um, how, how do they get in touch with you guys? Sure. Well, obviously our website, crnafinancialplanning.com. Um, it's a wealth of knowledge. You know, everything on there is geared towards CRNAs. Um, we're member advantage partners with the AANA. So if you can't, for some reason, can't find us on your own search, log into your AANA, log in and look under member advantage partners. You'll find us there. Um, we have a fairly large following uh, on Facebook. You can find us there at CRNA Financial Planning. Um, there's also some Facebook groups where data and ideas are exchanged. I think it's CRNA, SRNA, 
uh, business aspects where you know there's a substantial amount of conversations about us we don't necessarily get on there and chime in but um, I think the feedback from individuals on there would be a good resource to start as well okay. great I'm going to put those in the show notes too um, after the show so everyone that checks out the podcast will be able to to link to those sites and social media after once everything's out there uh, I want to thank you so much Bill for coming on the podcast and, and sharing your your knowledge on several key topics and we'll definitely have to have you on again maybe in the next uh, couple of months to talk about anything new that you're seeing um, in your field and just uh, in general sure well Jared we appreciate you having us and um, have a great rest of your week absolutely go uh Go play some golf. Get out there and enjoy. We'll, we'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll just leave the balls, but it's all fun the same. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. All right, Bill. Well, have, a, have a great weekend. Thank you so much for joining Thanks, us. Jared. All right. Bye. Thank you to everyone who tuned in for another episode of Slice of Healthcare. As always, please do not forget to leave us a review on iTunes, review and rating. We appreciate all the support that many of you have given us thus far, and we're excited to release some more podcasts in the next upcoming weeks. We have a lot that have been in the queue lately, so probably for the rest of the summer we'll take it a little easy with inviting new guests onto the podcast since we have so many backed up right now. And we'll be releasing those to you shortly and very excited for for those to be up on iTunes and the other major platforms. Also very excited to announce that we are now available on Spotify as well, which is pretty cool. As always, be sure to follow us at Slice of Healthcare on Instagram and all of our other social channels, with the exception of Twitter being at Slice of HC. I'm your host, Jared Taylor, signing off. podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.